0: Hey everybody, I just want you to know that you can now order a copy of Provoked by Juan Galloway on Amazon.com. Provoked is all about how to love people relentlessly and to do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. So go to Amazon.com today and order your copy of Provoked. Half the proceeds go to help our friends who are struggling with homelessness. So help us out today. Order Provoked at Amazon.com. In
1: a world that needs something to read, that will lead them into bold new horizons, a new book emerges, Provoked, Provoked. How to Love People Relentlessly, Doing Beautiful Works That Make You and Others Come Alive by Juan Galloway. It's a book so daring that it demands to have its own podcast. Hosted by Juan Galloway, President and CEO, and Alec Goebel. Outreach Leader of New York City Relief, a mobile outreach to people experiencing homelessness. Turn up the volume, open your mind, and prepare to be provoked. Hey, we are back with Provoked the Podcast, Chapter 5. Hello again. With Juan Galloway.
0: And Alec Gobel.
1: Yes, Chapter yeah. 5, Provoked to Woo the Poor with my carrot-topped, red-haired buddy of 30 years, Alec Woo-hoo. Goebel.
0: That's me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, this is uh, Chapter 5, but Part 6, Right. right? Yeah, why
1: do we have to confuse people with those numbers every episode?
0: Well, I'm just doing it on purpose, you know, because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it is kind of
1: funny. You're right. You're right. And you know what the best thing about this podcast is?
0: You and me. No, together.
1: It's, no, it's free. Oh, it's free. Yeah, they don't have to pay a dime for it.
0: I didn't know that this was free of charge.
1: Yes, it's it's our gift. I was actually to expecting our maybe public, down the our line, audience.
0: I was going to get a little something out of this, you know. I, Sorry. All you get nah, is coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'll take it then. Okay. All you right. Can enjoy. Why in not? fact, I'm going to have a sip of my coffee right now, if you don't mind.
1: Yes. That seems to be the reoccurring theme in our podcast is you slurping coffee. <laughs> mm. Do you know every morning I drink coffee and I like to slurp my coffee and my wife goes, don't do that. That's bad manners. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. But I'm like, but nobody's listening. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, but if you, you're going to do it in front of other people. And sure enough, she's right. Like I'll be yeah. with somebody that's hot. And I'm like,
0: so you take your bad manners like, oh, right out of your she house. She got me,
1: you know, she was right
0: into society As usual, at large. Yeah. As usual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our wives are, they're right. Pretty much all the time.
1: Yeah. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying, just ask your wife. <laughs> that's <what she's laughs> how it goes. like somehow they're more in tune with God than we ever are. It's funny how that
0: works. Well, it's their gifting, you know. Yes. Yeah, maybe not ours, but that's I I don't know.
1: They have more like sensitivity and intuition and stuff, whatever. Anyway, enough of that. This is an all-male podcast. Oh, yeah. at least the hosts, not the listening audience, but just us. Just us. There's a lot of masculinity in the room, a lot of testosterone in the air.
0: Which I feel perpetuates kind of an inclination to rudely sip my coffee. Devoid of manners of any yeah, kind. Yeah, we're in the man cave, right? Yeah. I mean, this is it. <laughs> I mean, we should feel unencumbered. <laughs> I mean, we're
1: in my barn, which is, it's all male influence. Sometimes my wife yeah. will say something like, why don't you do this or that? And I was like, ah, 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 ah. you get the entire house, every room decorated. It's yours, but yeah. don't touch the, the barn, you know, my man right. cave. Right. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, this is awesome. Guitars on the walls. Yeah. There's a, like a life-size Chewbacca. What do you call it? That's a stand, stand up. up. Yeah, stand, up yeah. stand up. Yeah.
1: Cardboard stand up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I like it out here. It, it you know, it's a there's good a, place. There's to a chat. drum set.
1: Yeah. There's, there's, uh, bongos. Hardly gets much more. Congas. There's. Manly than that. Ping pong. Got a ping pong table. Ping pong. Yeah. yeah. This is cool. Yep. This is, uh, this is a good place to be on our day off, wouldn't you say?
0: There's a Mr. T, um. <laughs> Doll. What do you call that thing? Yeah. And a Mr. T bank? <coughs> action figure. It's a Mr. T action figure. Actually,
1: so, yeah. that's a that's a homemade, like, somebody sewed that doll, that Mr. T doll. <laughs> somebody gave it to me from a garage sale or something.
0: It's amazing that somebody would take the time to sew together a homemade Mr. T. It is.
1: It's kind of like like the Cabbage Patch dolls used to be. That when I, mean, there I have a lot first of invented. respect
0: for Mr. T, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I just wouldn't have thought about.
1: I pity the po who don't. Love Mr. T. He's a Christian too. Is you he? know that?
0: I did not know oh, that. Oh yeah. I
1: saw him on Seven Hundred Club one time and he was talking to Pat Roberts and he's like, Hey Pat you know <laughs> He was giving out blankets to like people during a disaster, nice. like, Come on, let's give out these blankets <laughs> I was like, What?
0: What a great guy. Mr. T's yeah. the best.
1: I thought he was just good at beating on Rocky, you know? And <laughs> Yeah the movies well but, the a-team i was like
0: oh, I, I liked the a-team are you
1: kidding now we're getting i mean really they would fire three thousand
0: rounds of ammunition <laughs> never hit anybody and nobody ever got hurt <laughs>
1: that's, what could be better than that's that. that's talent yeah that's talent yeah b.a barracus
0: 16s and yeah i mean awesome and that's what our explosion and
1: that's what this podcast is all about really that's right right it's about the a-team it's about thousands, rounds of, ammunition. It's about thousands of rounds of about thousands and nobody's
0: of- hurt nobody will be hurt <laughs> and by this gets podcast hurt.
1: i hope not and it's free and it's free okay right. so let's move on all right so chapter five and this is of provoked right and this chapter is provoked to woo the poor which is a that's a i've never had it, heard anybody use that phrase before yeah. um but that's what I've learned how to do, uh, working at New York City Relief. Um, you know, when I was dating Tracy, it's a provocative I, statement. It is it provokes some statement.
0: contemplation.
1: When I was dating Tracy, I had to woo her. Yes. Okay. She didn't just naturally like me. By the way. Right. Despite okay.
0: your handsome. Beard. You might think. You might assume. Yeah, oh, right.
1: she was probably chasing I you down mean, the just street. Just look at
0: this guy. Yeah.
1: Actually, it was just the opposite. I had to chase her, <laughs> and I had to win her over. Okay. She didn't just you know, fall in love with me just cause, you know, uh, just cause I rugged good looks. Uh, right. Or I wanted right. her to, I had to actually give Brought her flowers. Yeah. I had to take her out and show her a good time. I wrote a song about her and played it on my guitar. I did it all. Craig, I that did it all
0: is to the extreme right there. Because I was serious. You know, I was like yeah. this
1: girl, I, this has gotta be mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, same thing when I wanted her to marry me, she didn't just immediately go. Absolutely. It was like, I had to I had to massage, you know, the issue. I had to, you know, explain to her why this is a great idea.
0: You clearly were, (laughs) you must've been broke at the time by everything you're telling me. (laughs) No, broke is the word. (laughs) I had no money. (laughs) That that
1: did not convince her either. My money. Just kidding. (laughs) Because I had none. But this idea is about, you know, a lot of people think, well, beggars can't be choosers. You know? Yeah. And so if someone's in need, they're poor, they're unemployed, you know, whatever you give them, Hey, they, you know, they got to take it because, you know, who are they to, you know, have a choice or who are they to right. complain? Who are they? It's like, Oh really? That's what love looks like. I don't think so. Right. Imagine if Jesus treated us that way, We're like, Hey, get it together. You, you idiot. You yeah. know, just, you want some help here. Get, get with the program. It was just the opposite. The way Jesus came to earth and treated people, it, it blew everybody's minds because he's like, what? And they were just like, you want to spend time with these little children? That's not what's important. Oh yes yeah. it is, you know? And he would, it's like he would find ways to connect with the different types of people no matter who they were, whether they're rich, whether they're poor, whether they're fishermen, whether they're tax collectors. It's like, it's like that book about the love languages Right. The yeah. five love. Did you ever read that book? Five love languages? I think I probably did. read. I read it. the cover I did recently. Like I read the title. That's look it, it up
0: and <laughs> go over some of the principles again. But I get the idea. Yeah. It makes
1: sense. I don't need to read the book. I got it. Oh, okay. Everybody right. has a different love language. I need to love them the way they need to be loved. Not the way oh, yeah. I think they should be loved or the way I like to be loved. That's not love. And so that's the idea of being provoked to woo the poor. It's like, People have been burned. People have been hurt. People have been neglected. And just because you think you've got all the answers for them or whatever, guess what? Um, They're not just going to automatically trust you. You have to kind of earn their trust, you know, and and, um, that's what love does, though. It lays down its life. That's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us. No greater love hath a man, right, than to lay down his life for his friend. That looks like wooing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: You know, there's this verse in Job and, um, it kind of has the concept. It says, but those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. In other words, he gets down in there with them. That's what God does. It says he is wooing you from the jaws of distress. I like that picture. The jaws, like that makes me think of a pit bull. You know how those pit bulls lock onto somebody? Yeah. He woos us from the jaws of distress when it's clamped down on our life. But he's like, no, no, come to yeah. me. I'm going to help. I'm going to care for you. I
0: was, I was, I got to be honest. I was thinking a little bit more about the movie from the mid seventies oh, with the mechanical shark. Yeah. Classic movie. Yeah. The jaws. Another masculine
1: That's right. <laughs> classic movie. Yeah. He's wooing us from the jaws of distress, like jaws yeah. in the movie. Uh, and check this out. I
0: mean that's some serious wooing right there because yeah. those jaws, like, and they check, look inescapable.
1: <laughs> that's true. And here's what he's wooing us to: to a spacious place, free from restriction, wow. to the comfort of your table, God's table, laden with choice food. Job nice. thirty-six sixteen.
0: That does not sound like the digestive tract of a shark. It's not. No, that sounds like that sounds way better. What a descriptive like
1: verse. I mean, from the Old no, Testament. That's amazing. He's bringing a spacious place, yeah. a beautiful wide open right field. It makes me think of, and then out in the field to a comfort of your table, wow. laden with delicious choice food.
0: That's like, I'm getting a little bit hungry again. You know? <laughs> You're right. You're <laughs> yeah. Right. That really is. That really is beautiful. I huh. mean, the way that that is worded. So I'm kind of floored by that. I got to say, I don't recall that verse. I mean, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be I just read it recently
1: you know, and I was like, wow, that's incredible. About, yeah.
0: Yeah. But that uh so just hearing you say it, that's and I know it's in the book. I know it is, it's it in is. the chapter. You're right. But uh just just kind of hearing it is uh that's powerful. I don't know what else to say. But that's our God, right? So Yeah. He really meets us where we're at. I mean one thing kind of stuck with me since we started talking. Yeah. And um I guess I guess as I've I have this like my mind bounces around a little bit i'm easily distracted but i often easily distracted by my own reminiscence right so i was kind of thinking back on situations um that we've seen on the streets where somebody will come up and they will come through the soup line and um and they're grumpy and they Mm. and and their um their countenance is not kind right and occasionally we have had some volunteers who say you know well, that guy, like, he came and like we gave him some soup, and you know, he wasn't thankful about it. And um, I'm not blaming anybody for necessarily like, because when you encounter somebody who's kind of like that, who's who's um, kind of I don't know, carrying that disposition, right? Yeah. It's it doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy or <laughs> yeah, good yeah, about yeah, what totally. you're doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It makes you feel kind of stupid, like you know. I mean. Like you were set to serve and you, you know, you kind of geared up your heart and you wanted to do some good. You had every intention and you took the stuff, the tools that you had to work with. You gave them a hot cup of soup. Right. And they looked at the soup. They criticized it. They criticized how you gave it to them. You know, they took a bite of it. They told you it was crap and they threw it in the garbage or even down on the ground. I mean, it's like, and not even, uh, not even making the effort to, to toss it into the waste receptacle. Mm. So... You know, it's every so often, like we encounter some of this in our friends on the street, and um, and it can give you a, a bit of a sour feeling. But I remind people now, like because I think about, like, I try to think a little bit ahead of time, and I try to mitigate whatever circumstances that sure. that people might encounter on the streets, and I let them know, like hmm. like you got to stop for a minute and take account of what this individual might be going through. And so I was kind of thinking about this. I was thinking back to this and circumstances we've had like this when you were talking about those jaws of distress, you know, um, I wasn't just thinking about the shark, you know, but I was uh, literally like our friends some days, you know, they're out there and they just didn't get any sleep and they maybe tried, but there was no safe place for them to lay down. Um, and maybe they, um, came upon a place where they normally hang out and there were some. There was somebody waiting there for them, somebody who gave them a lot of trouble. Maybe even was violent toward them. Maybe even ripped them off. So they just got ripped off. Happens all the time. Know, yeah, we've all seen. The time. How many
1: times have you and I heard that story,
0: right? It like it seems. I, I can't. I would bet that there's probably nobody, none of our friends on the streets who have not been touched by something like that, where their stuff has been stolen, or at they've least once, or or it, been assaulted. It's, it's
1: a horribly dangerous yeah. situation, and they're living in fear. And it's right. stressed. Can you imagine? And like,
0: you don't know. You don't know when it's going to just happen to you. But the chances are the longer you're on the street, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? So it's like the odds are against you if you're on the streets. And so we don't know. Our, our friends. So, like, so they just show up and everything in their life has literally just turned to crap. And it's just a disaster. They show up at our bus. Yeah. And there's a way I kind of look at that right now. Like um, I kind of look at that like, but yeah, they showed up at our bus. Yeah. What does that say about us? Wow. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> good. they knew that they could come to us, even as they are, yep. um, just having a horrible time. And we
1: would receive them.
0: And we would receive them, hmm. you know, and um, that just, it kind of makes me look at things differently, you know. So I, So I've learned, you know, in the time that I've done this, and I know many others have done it longer than I have, so I'm not propping myself up as like a great outreach leader. It's just that, you know, I've, I've observed this and I feel like, I feel like God has opened my eyes to some of this, like well, our friends. It's, like, I
1: think it's wisdom you have because the experience you have now is you can look through that facade. Yeah. You can look through the, the symptom <clears throat> and right. see through all of it and go, wow, there's a hurting person underneath that roughness. And maybe exactly. that, maybe that jerkiness, you know what I mean? Is like, this just may be a really bad day. Yeah, And I, you know, if we could see behind the scenes, we would be very understanding of that because we would act the same way.
0: Yeah, I know. Right? Exactly. Exactly. What would, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we give ourselves a pass sometimes mm-hmm. to, to kind of cut loose when we're under stress. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so maybe maybe for some of us, we have to rethink that. Like, you know, like, okay, what is God really calling us to? What kind of standard? Because uh, um, especially when we're going to look at our friends out there and we're going to judge them and we don't really know what they've endured already mm-hmm. and then maybe when you take the time to sit down with them you'll find out just a little bit about what they've been through and then you'll find out that this pattern has been going on for them day after day, year after year, you know. They're out there, you know, they they're sleep deprived. Their feet are wet, there's no place to really sit down and kick their shoes off and dry their socks and get a clean pair of socks. Their feet are aching because they couldn't sit down. They tried to sit down and somebody ran them off, you know. They went into the train station and a cop threw them out, you know, whatever it may be. And now they're just like, they can barely think. They they literally are walking on the edge.
1: It's funny how we can look at other people. You know, somebody was just, one of my kids was just telling me today like, you know, this weekend I was just really tired. I was, I was working and I did some fun stuff too, but I just was, it was a long week. Right. And my daughter was like, dad, you just saw, you just been tired and grumpy all weekend, you know? <laughs> and I was like, huh? But I was like, yeah, she's right. You know, obviously. And, but it's so easy to give myself a pass like, well, yeah, but I blah, blah, blah. And yet I could see somebody else and be like, Oh, what a jerk. Immediately my right. brain will go, we'll judge them and I wait and I have to back it off. Wait a second. That's, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. You Haven't I been a jerk? Be. Yeah, yeah, of course <laughs> I have. Probably yesterday. Right. And so, but we forget. It's like we're, we, we uh, play down our own issues. Yeah. And then we, we amplify. We easily afterwards. excuse ourselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember this story. It was in my book and you know, Sean small, we've known him yeah. for probably 30 years Um, he, he told me this story. He said, it's his favorite relief bus story. He brought a team, I think from Texas, uh, to serve on the relief bus and do outreach with us. And this girl was, um, serving food. And this guy came up to the bus and said, oh, do you have some sandwiches? And she's like, no, we just have soup and bread. And she just was lightheartedly talking. And she said, well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And just as soon as it came out of her mouth, she realized what she had said and she felt mortified oh, like, yeah. Oh, and she started weeping uncontrollably. The homeless man comes inside the bus to console her oh. <laughs> and comfort her. Wow. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I never forgot that story. Cause I was like, she re- she didn't realize until it came out of her mouth. Like, Oh, how does that sound? Right. And, but it's just kind of like, that shows you how built in and ingrained and baked in it is to our culture that someone just let that come out in front of someone who maybe these cliches
0: that we've been conditioned with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, but isn't that beautiful? He wasn't hurt. He wasn't offended. He didn't get angry. He came inside the bus, which is not normal, not to get help to help her and to love her. I just love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is an incredible story that is touching. Yeah.
1: It's good. Um, there's this book we read as a staff a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember it called we were wrong. Oh yeah. By, um,
0: yes, I do. Uh,
1: Keith Stewart, a pastor in Texas of all places, right. From where we met. And he said this, he said, we will never become the people God meant for us to be apart from a relationship with the poor. Now this is a guy, not from the inner city. He's in the suburbs of Dallas, the, you know, the burbs. He's a white dude in a very nice big church. Okay. But he had a life changing experience. That's why he writes, he says, it's just not possible. He said, we need them as much as they need us. I remember that. And he said, in addition, as long as we avoid the poor, then ignorance, uninformed judgments and stereotyping of them will flourish. It's far easier when the poor and our minds are lazy, undeserving addicts and criminals. We feel practically righteous in not helping people like that. We say, well, that would only further enable their irresponsible behavior. And then he says, if you live your life disconnected from a world of need, it's easy to be selfish. In fact, it's your default. If you are isolated and insulated from people who are hurting and hungry, their needs will never be a factor in any of your decisions if you have not intentionally placed yourself in community with those less fortunate then all that will ever matter to you is how to maximize life's blessings for yourself. Woo. Mm. (laughs) Snap. Like he really goes to the jugular there, but you know, he shares it because that's what he he learned about himself. Like he's not judging other people. Mm. He's saying he had this breakthrough. He's, he's pastoring this big, you know, successful church, you know, fancy building and all that. And he was kind of getting in that rhythm of, it was great, but it was kind of the same thing year after year. And is that all there is to teaching about Jesus and living for Jesus? And he went on a mission trip. I think it was world vision. He went overseas. I can't remember what country, some developing country. And he saw the poor and he was just so impacted. And he's like, duh. We're supposed to help other people and bless them and take care of them and reach out. It's like he changed the whole church. In fact, he took out a full page ad in the, in the the Dallas morning news, which is the big paper full page ad. And it said this headline, we were wrong and we apologize for not taking care of the poor. It was wrong. And we're going to start doing something about it. Now they have the largest ministry to the disabled in the state of Texas. And that's just one of the things they do. They're they're yeah. helping build, you know, clinics and churches overseas and amazing things. And he's come alive right. in his faith. Yeah. And that's why he wrote the books. I love it.
0: Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to imitate Darth Vader for some. Oh, you know. oh good try. Yeah, he kind of did that. Anyway. Impressive. Yeah, that's uh, totally out of context of what you're saying. Not to diminish that, but that's yeah. uh, that's that's a great story. That really yeah. is. And I think that uh, you know, in our last podcast, we were talking about the different parts of the body of Christ. And you actually mentioned this a little bit earlier today because we were just sort of chatting before we Mm -hmm. podcasted, but um, as as the poor being another, you know, really another part of the body of Christ, right? Where we need, every member of a body needs the other members in some way, shape, or form. And so Mm -hmm. we're arrogant if we think that we actually do not need the poor. But this is interesting, right? You know, it it creates maybe a bit of a dilemma sometimes because um, we're so geared toward the mentality of, we need to solve, we need to bring a solution to poverty, right? Mm. So it's interesting to almost then turn it around and say, but no, we need the poor, right? But I think that's probably true and I'm really just kind of thinking it out right now. Um, I realize the value of it in community, you know, in the way that we serve. But it's uh it's just kind of interesting as a statement, right? It's like, we need the poor. So it kind of fits in with that uh, to complete this body, you know, that is the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. We actually need the poor. But I think there's just so much we learn from, literally from those who are in touch with need, but not, we also learn how much in touch with, or how much in need, sorry, how much in need we really are.
1: Yeah.
0: And when we can acknowledge that
1: I've learned so much from the poor. that's when
0: we can open up to God's heart right I
1: I, yeah I mean I went to Bible college with you I went to church all my life I read the Bible but something special happened when I began to enter relationship with the poor and this started way back actually in Dallas to to this day but I started to get to know people and I just I saw God in them I saw beauty in them and it changed me in fact sometimes they were more Christ-like than I was you know, and I was convicted like, wow, I have so much. And what do I do? Look how beautiful. I'll give you a perfect example. You you and I know this lady well, her name's Sister Lily, right? Yeah. She's been coming to the relief <laughs> the bus Bronx. for years yep. in the Bronx. And she would bring, she would collect items from all over, who knows where, and, and give them to people in need. You know, and she didn't hardly have anything. And yet she, in fact, recently she gave me a gift. You talked in the last episode how in one day, three people gave you a gift on outreach. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a mind blower. She gave me a t-shirt that said Selma, and it had the bridge, like the famous bridge in Selma, Alabama, you know, civil rights um, historical moment where they walked across the bridge. And yeah. I was so touched by that that she picked that out for me. I mean, here she is, an African-American elderly lady, and she picked that out for me. And I was like, that was so sweet. She didn't have to do that. And... It just made me go, wow, I want to be generous, like sister Lily, like that. She looks like Jesus to me, I, you know, it convicts me, but it encourages me, you know, yeah. I'm like I want to be like her. She's amazing, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, wisdom. she is amazing. Um, you know, one of my uh, favorite authors, uh, and just men of God is named John Vanier and he wrote this about the poor. He said, contact with people. And he talks about the, he works with those who are mentally disabled. And he said, contact with people who are weak and are crying out for communion. It's one of the most important nourishments in our lives. When we let ourselves really be touched by the gift of their presence, they leave something precious in our hearts. Um, and he says in La Arche, that's, if, that's his network of group homes. Uh, if we no longer live with the poor and broken and celebrate life with them, with them, we as a community will die we will be cut off from the source of life, from the presence of Jesus in them. Like, I was like, wow, wow. I, I get it, you know, but I don't, I didn't grow up being taught that. Did you in church? Did oh, you no. ever hear that lesson? I sure did.
0: Can't say I did.
1: I, you know, yeah. so I think that's something, that's what I want. That's why I put it in this chapter. I was like yeah. that. That was a, a revelation to me. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. I wanted to share it in this book.
0: Well, I think it makes sense. Like, okay, wooing the poor, right? You know, you don't woo unless you really are. I mean, the suggestion there is that you desperately need. You want them. Yes, you're valuable. Exactly, <laughs> valuable. Yeah, yeah. You said it. You know, like you said when you wooed Tracy, like you needed her. Like, yeah, she was cute. hands down, <laughs> hands down. You wanted her in your life, and Absolutely. you were going to do whatever it took. Yeah, you know, to make sure that you. You cemented that, you know, you solidified that relationship, right? Mm. And so, I think that's uh, that's really revolutionary to think about wooing the poor. You know, it seems to me a revolutionary idea, right? You know, so
1: well it is, but it isn't. I mean, it's in the Bible, yeah. But I never heard anybody teach about. I just did it, you know. Like for example, James two five. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world? to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him. I mean, that's pretty blatant. Like he's saying like the poor are rich in faith. Like they have something to teach you. Yeah. And that's what sister Lily definitely does for me. Yeah. And we've helped her get into shelter and you know, she's been in dire straits lately and, but you know what? She's rich in faith. There's no doubt about that, baby. (laughs) Well,
0: in that verse you read, I mean, that's, yeah i mean i've heard that too Mm -hmm. but i think that sometimes in the church and this is not i don't mean this from a heart of criticism but we have kind of our popular verses right (laughs) when you say there's some popular (laughs) verses like absolutely that we have our go-to verses and um sometimes you find that a lot of people have kind of are holding on to the same verse you know so we have our popular verses and then we have Mm -hmm. those verses that um, like you said we don't really hear taught on much or maybe at all, you know, and um, I'm just trying to think back and I I think you're right. I don't really think I've heard much teaching on that, right? you know, um, which somebody out there preaching like we need the poor, we need the poor in our lives, we need to get out there and we need to do everything we can, you know, to mingle with them, to to make them part of our community, to be part of their community, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, who really wants to be part of of an impoverished community, <laughs> you know, for me to say that uh, I want to be in the community of the poor. I mean, what what am I saying? If I say that, that I want to go without, that I want to lack. That's what I, that's what our minds go right. to. Right. Yep. But that's not what the Bible is saying, hmm. you know, rich yeah. in faith.
1: Yeah. My dad puts it this way. This is his famous quote. Um, he says the poor are not a problem to be solved. They're a portal to the heart of God.
0: Wow. Love <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean,
1: I share that all the time. And yep places I speak and people are like writing it down and tweeting it. Cause they're like, Whoa, it rings true because it is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that verse in James. It's like, we need them to draw us closer to God. It's a mystery, but so is Jesus coming down, being born as a little infant to a poor Jewish family. Yeah. And, and you know, some people try to make it out like they were not, but when they gave a, a, a sacrifice to the temple in honor, this is what the Jews would do at that time. Um, You know, if you had money, you'd give a lamb, you know, something that costs some money, right? They gave a a dove, which was the cheapest, you know, bottom of the barrel (laughs) gift that you could get away with giving. Because you just couldn't afford anything else, right? That's what they gave. And then immediately he was on the run. They were refugees in a foreign country, they're immigrants on the lamb. I mean, they struggled. That was, that's suffering. Okay. When you're a refugee, that's not for fun. That's no joke. That's, and there's modern day refugees. You can mm-hmm. imagine them fleeing out of Syria, maybe Jesus as a baby and his parents fleeing from Syria because there's a massacre. That's exactly what yeah, happened. That's right? what it was. And so he was poor. He was oppressed, all, all of that stuff. And he chose, that was not a by chance thing. God chose strategically to align himself with the poorest of the poor and the hurting and the desperate and the outcast. And, you know, uh, that was on purpose and we should learn from that. Yeah. Strategic. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, in this book, I also mentioned, um, Heidi Baker. A lot of people know Heidi Baker, Iris ministries, amazing woman of God. And, you know, as orphanages where they yeah. take kids out of garbage dumps that are eating garbage and, uh, just just love on them and help them and feed them and it's amazing. She uh, she she made this video about their ministry and it was really powerful. But she she, she uh, I think the name of it is Compelled by Love. Yeah, great. Whoever's listening should go and you know watch that on YouTube or whatever. Compelled by Love. But she says something that really stuck in my heart. She said in that video, honor is the currency of heaven, and I was like, wow, that. That, that struck me, and she, the way she described it, when they used to go into a village, like in Africa, they would um, roll into town, they'd set up screens, start playing music, try to draw a crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of typical, really. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. And they preach the gospel. Well, now today, they totally flipped it, and what they do is they go in, and they, they honor people. They bring out the, the chief, the leaders of that tribe, and they literally, like, wash their feet and they will bow before them and just honor them and say, we honor and respect your leadership. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the whole team, not just yeah. her, every single person. And <clears throat> they humble themselves and they honor them. And even though the, here's these rich white people coming in from America who have it all, you know what I mean? into this right. poor village, but they're like, no, 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 that's not how Jesus's leadership looks like. We've come to wash your feet and serve and we honor you and we I value love that. you. Isn't that awesome? Yeah,
0: I love that. That's, um, I mean, that's so right. I mean, you know, because uh, who are we except that God has given us every good thing, right? But there's so much in that statement that honor is the currency of heaven. Hopefully I got that right, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, that's, um, I don't know, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking how, um, and, and I'm kind of taking it back in my mind to the idea of wooing somebody, right? Yeah. Don't you want to honor that person? You know, you're trying to impress them. Yeah. You know, you're opening doors for them. You know, you're you're trying to uh, minimize uh, any uncomfortable effort that person has to make yeah. in a given circumstance, right? And you're doing that. You know, when you're attempting to woo um, your soon, you, you know, you're soon-to-be spouse in your case, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, for us to do that to the poor to really honor them. Because they are so dishonored yeah. in our society, so they're, they're
1: like cl- like clothed in shame.
0: Exactly, and in they shame feel it. Or, or, they do feel it, and I and I've had people literally tell me that, like they've said to me,
1: mm.
0: you know, being out here on the streets, like you don't know what it does to you. Like it does something. I've had a guy sit there and try to um, elaborate on this, and I remember him saying to me, "You you don't know what it does, like to your head, mm. to be out here on the streets, you know." And so for us to go out there and to honor those who are poor, like to woo them, you know, to honor them, to bring them to a place above us, you know, that is, isn't that so much what Jesus did? Because he literally was stripped of his Godhood in order to come and walk among us as a man to share our sufferings and our pain. And, And as you pointed out, I mean, look how it started out, right? You know, immediately... He was he was born to the most humble beginnings yeah. uh, possible, and immediately became a refugee, yeah. and um,
1: and then a carpenter. He wasn't like a big shot, yeah. in town. He was right. He didn't start his own business, Making maybe, tables and chairs, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know <laughs> franchising, blue, blue and, collar, uh, you know. I guess ultimately, uh, uh, working with his hands, you know, industrious. Uh, right. Yeah, I remember you told me a story. Um, you know, speaking of honoring. Um, others and honors the currency of heaven. Um, that woman named Cynthia. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You were
1: telling me earlier. That was a really cool story.
0: Yeah. So, uh, she is, she's a friend of ours on the street in Harlem and, um, you know, it just, uh, she, she has a dream and I I love when people share their dreams. I'm, I'm even kind of like struggling to find the right words, but I love I love how people will share their dreams because what an honor it is for me to actually have somebody this is how I, I think of it like you know you I mean I'm privileged that you would want to share that with me because a lot of the time okay when you know when you share something that is a dream of yours you're lending it to scrutiny you don't know that if you share it with somebody are they going to put it down right. because more often than not I think um depend, I guess it depends on you know, what your circle of influence is, but more often than not, a lot of people will will tell you all the problems with your plan, you know. Well, that's not gonna work, you know. And immediately they you know, yeah, there's you open
1: it to scrutiny, right?
0: Exactly. They can poke holes in it left and right. Yeah. You know. Well But they w-
1: trust you, obviously, if they tell you that dream.
0: Right, which is a privilege for me. So she shared this dream with me, mm-hmm. you know, how she wants to take in and uh, train these service animals and she wants to do it from kind of like the i guess uh, <laughs> this is like a little funny to think but like in the animal world right the in the in the dog world she wants to take the dogs that are basically like going to be put down the dogs that are rescue them yeah, yeah. the rescues yeah. and the ones who are slated for um what do you call it to be euthanized or whatever you know in those cases right yeah. she wants to t- she wants to take those dogs and save them and then turn around and train them to be service dogs which mm. would be kind of like consider the most valuable status for a dog in our society, you know, so useful, right? Like they can, they can see an emergency before it happens. They, they help with all kinds of things. So she has this dream and, um, she'd mentioned it to me, I guess maybe it was a couple months ago. Right. And then I hadn't heard her talk about it after that. And then there was a period of time when I didn't see her and I know that she struggles, you know, and her, um, on the streets in Harlem you know, I know she is not maybe a person of, of what we would consider in society to be a high status. I know that she's struggling with addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, life has just beat her up left and right. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. You know, and, and so she has this dream, so she shared it with me. And so uh, I hadn't seen her for a while. We hadn't talked about this. But when she shared it with me, I made sure to make a note of it, and I took it back to her. So I saw her just this last Saturday. Well, okay. And so I approached her. And, um, and I brought it up like in the course of conversation, she wasn't talking about it. She was kind of talking about, you know, we were just sort of, it was sort of like small talk. And I said, Hey, I said, Hey, Cynthia, I said, I said, are you still thinking about training those service dogs? Cause I think you'd be really good at that. And, um, you know, I think for me, like you know and her eyes lit up let me, let me put it that way so like yeah. i watched her face as i told her this and her eyes lit right. up they got they got wider her face got brighter mm. you know and she was like yeah she's like she's like don't you think that that would be a good idea and i was like that would be a great idea and i really think that you should continue continue thinking about this and continue trying to work on this and i don't know how to tell her how to do this right like yeah, yeah. you know i gotta say like to me her circumstances look very difficult but there's something that like occurred to my heart as I was out there on the street, and when I encountered her, it came back to my to my memory, you know, and I knew I needed to say something about it. And um, what occurs to me is that I really believe that God believes in her dreams, and that, you know, so when I when I'm saying this to her, um, I remember I'm kind of watching myself like to make sure that I'm not disingenuous. So when I tell her like, "You would be really great at this," you know, what I feel like, what I felt like in that moment is that. I literally had a line like from my heart to the father's heart and this is what God wanted her to know like this is like that dream that spark of that dream whatever that is in her is something that he actually put in her Mm. so it's like something that is meant to be part of her destiny if she should choose to take hold of that you know that God wants to empower in her something good to do and so part of my obligation in honoring her was to was to help feel that dream. And so mm. i mean, just, just seeing her face was worth it. Yeah. Um, but it just, I don't know. It reminds me just it, how important you were saying, that
1: is. In other words to her, like, that's not a crazy dream, right? Your ideas have, value, and it's not
0: impossible for you.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Not just like, you know, cause I'm sure everybody, you know, how everybody poo-poo's each other. Like you're yeah, saying, yeah. and it's like, you're saying, you know what, that, that has merit yeah like you that's it it's like you and not only that i mean i know you meet hundreds of people every month yeah you know and so for you several months later to remember that and to bring it back and to mention it her it's like that that's significant
0: yeah when i saw her i knew i needed to say something about it you know and i really think that i mean i think that god's god's heart is that way for us right that That what is said about us and what is thought about us, what is realized about us Mm -hmm. in His kingdom is so, so much greater than what we think about ourselves when we're mired in difficult circumstances. If we could just take hold of that, what God's heart is for us, you know, we can really rise above um, and we can be empowered, you know, to really like move in the direction that the Holy Spirit would lead us to go. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to encourage that in our friends on the street, right? Yeah. Because that's one way to honor them is to literally bring them closer to the destiny that our father, that their father has for them.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy to be condescending. Yeah. To look at somebody and like, yeah, it feels natural. Like, like, yeah, your mind, your mind just goes to like, they're not going anywhere. You know, they'll never achieve anything. Instant judgment. Yeah. It's the flesh. It's not God's heart. It's not God's mind. And it's not the can mind do of Christ. That.
0: We can do that without even consciously thinking exactly. it. Exactly. It's but the it, default. That's yeah, what that guy it's said. It's happened inside of our mind.
1: Default. Not a good default either. No. But, you know, I, and I know we all do that and we have to deactivate that part of our flesh or brain, you know, so our spirit, that's why the Bible says crucify the flesh. <laughs> like, yeah. Stop it. That's not God. Um, but I love when I, we go out and outreach asking people like, what's your dream? Yeah. What is it you want to do? If you could do anything, they, nobody asked them that question. You know what I mean? So yeah. it disarms them. They're like, Whoa, uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah. why would you, another, they're kind of like, why would you ask me that? Cause I you know, obviously, you know, I'm in a bad place. I don't have that kind of like, uh, options right now. You know what I mean? But, but I'm like, no, no, I see it in you. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I'm trying to say just by the question. Like, I see something good in you. What do you want to do?
0: Right. That value is there. I mean, that's part of wooing, right? Is to show somebody that they have this, this enormous value to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that that what Jesus did for us? Right. Exactly. I mean, the price that was paid for us. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Because if I was him and I looked at us, I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) nope. (laughs) Am I going to go to the cross for them? Somebody else raised their hand. Yeah. Uh, no, they're just going to continue to mess up and do things wrong. And, you know, but no, but I'm thankfully that he doesn't see through my eyes. He sees through eyes of unconditional love and he sees his, we're marked by God. He sees beauty in us that he created us. Uh, you know, there's this verse from Romans. It says, uh, love, uh, one another with brotherly affection. Okay. Which I like that word. That's very descriptive. Descriptive. It's not love from a distance.
0: Yeah, affection implies that it's not just a feeling in your heart.
1: Yeah, it's like you're doing. Yeah, there's got to be
0: some kind of action.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not a real affectionate person.
0: I'll
1: <laughs> be honest. So I may need to grow in this area. Give me a hug. I am affectionate with like my wife, my kids. I love to hug them and kiss them. You know. Yeah. But like, I don't go around huggy hugging every, you know everybody. Um, but it says after that love one another with brotherly affection then out, outdo one another in showing honor outdo, outdo one another by uh in showing honor i mean that's pretty descriptive like i'm going to yeah you really did an amazing job honoring cynthia i'm going to try to even outdo that some more <laughs> you know what i mean and really bless her socks off and just like you know that's what the Bible says to do. <laughs> That's pretty amazing.
0: <clears throat> I have been outdone before. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, me too. All try, the time. I try to do a really good job, but.
1: I'll tell you another great verse about honor. Uh, it's from 1 Samuel two eight. God, it says, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. This is real like, look at the picture, right? Someone's all covered in dust and ash and despair or whatever. Uh, Maybe shame. It says he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has has them inherit a a throne of honor. Wow. So I don't know about what they look like in today's world. Maybe not so good. But one day in heaven, he's going to lift them up and exalt them and give them a throne of honor and seat them with princes. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Hello.
0: Especially right from the ash heap, right? Because that's like that conjures up a picture of um you know just uh, sort of an indelible soiling you know it's like yeah you it, just it gets in because ash is really fine dust you know it yeah, gets into everything and it's like yeah. it's all in your pores and your eyes and your ears
1: and ashes is like everything's been burned up yeah and it's just like you know there's nothing as far as i know there's nothing constructive to do with ashes not when really. I get them out of my fireplace and I throw them away, I don't have, like, oh, I could use this for, well, nothing. Right. This is absolute garbage. In other <laughs> words, this goes in the yeah. garbage dump. But God says, I'm going to take you from maybe the it's disaster. It's covering
0: either. It's like a heap of ashes. It says yeah. ash heap, you know? Yeah.
1: It's like, and so I'm going to take you out of that disaster. That's, that, all,
0: your, that's all the garbage you throw away. You know, away. the
1: brokenness of life, yeah. the disaster of life, the mistakes, even whatever. And I'm going to actually elevate yeah. you to this place of honor.
0: And royalty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard to really grasp, to be honest. I mean, I I've tried to picture all this, and I'm like, wow, I have no idea what heaven's going to look like, but it's going to be pretty stinking amazing,
0: yeah. if, that,
1: if that's what it's like.
0: I think we're going to forget, you know, pretty much everything. <laughs> I mean, everything that we've been through in life is going to seem so small. I I, we may not forget it exactly, but it's going to just seem so small. I mean, I think all of us are going to be wondering... Yeah. you know why we didn't do more absolutely it's like when, when the reward is actually realized then everything we had to do to get that you know is going to seem like it was just so small like why didn't we do more like why didn't we you know and so i mean i yeah. I, I think about that more now and i want to take every i want to take every opportunity i can to really do what god is calling me to do and i want him to transform me in those areas where yeah. i'm just reluctant to do yeah. what i'm called to do i want to know you know what am i designed for what am i meant for Like, what did he, you know, what kind of destiny did he really imprint upon me? And how do I, how do I remove like the junk, you know, the ash, right? That's, that's like soiling, you know, kind of clogging that up and, and preventing that from coming forth.
1: If we could become all that we're created to be shining a light, transforming the the darkness, like, what is that? Like that, boy, that's the ultimate goal. Um, but I mean, and I love that verse about the ash heap and he lifts you up in the honor, but it's like, no, that's not just for heaven. One day we get to do that right
0: Right. now. We get to bring heaven to earth. Do you know a
1: guy? Okay.
0: So I do know a guy
1: last, last year I went out and lived on the streets for a week amongst the homeless and I slept in the subway and I slept in the bus station and the shelter and all that. And I panhandled every day. Okay. It was a life changing experience. One day I'm in front of the uh, Grand Central Station. I've got my sign. Yeah. Okay. And I've got a cup and people are giving me some coins and stuff. And this guy walks by who's obviously not a person of wealth. He's got on one of those reflector vests. Yeah. As far as I've known, I've never seen a rich guy wear a reflector vest. Okay. He was a construction (laughs) probably. You know what I mean? That's probably right. And, but he stopped and he said, man, I don't have any money to give you. He didn't, he wasn't a New Yorker. He kind of talked country accent. I don't have any money for you, but I want to shake your hand. And I was like, that impacted me. He's like, he's like, he's saying, you're a person. I want to touch you. I want to wow. honor you. I want to hold your hand. And I was like, wow, okay. I mean, cause it happened so fast. I was like kind of blown away. But then he said this, he goes, you know what? All these people walking by, looking down on you. He said, one day you're going to be on a throne. <laughs> That's what he said. And, I, and then he walked away and I was like, what, what? What, what has happened to me? <laughs> And I thought about it and I was like, I, it, it was only later, hours later. I maybe think he later. read
0: that scripture that you I just I don't quoted. know.
1: I think it was the next day I was thinking about it because it sticks in yeah. you, right? Like that's a weird phrase I've never heard anyone use, especially for a beggar. And he's, and I, I remember that verse wow. and I was like, whoa, he's going to lift us from the ash heap and seat them on a throne. Of, <laughs> I was like, what a prophetic you know, drive-by prophecy <laughs> or walk-by. I just... I was like, "Wow, God, I hear you. That was cool. Like that was not just uh, some out of coincidence, right? No. Like that was really wild.
0: That is pretty wild.
1: Yeah. And so, anyway, there's <laughs> a lot of stories from that week. Yeah. I mean, I don't have time for
0: all of them. Do you report your extra income to the IRS? The, uh, <laughs> it wasn't much. I <laughs> no, actually, uh, I gave mm-hmm. it all away.
1: I either ate it or you know used it to buy a blanket or I. I literally used it to help some other people. So it was was amazing.
0: You made some good relationships, though, during that time. I really did. Some really cool stuff happened. I met amazing people. It wasn't just all about like enduring the conditions. No.
1: I mean, that was hard. That was the hard part. But the people, I met some amazing people.
0: And people who wanted people in difficult circumstances that really that were eager to do something to help you.
1: Yeah, I mean, who right. could have predicted that? Sometimes Strangers? it was like
0: showing you the ropes on the streets, like this is this is how, this is how all, you do this, This is how you survive this circumstance. Yeah, you know, this is where you can go to get some, like a hot cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah,
1: or, yeah, it, I mean, sometimes you know one of the things I learned is that when we give, sometimes it can be even if we don't mean it, it can be in a condescending manner. Yeah. Like we're there to do good, so we figure that's good enough. Like, yeah. But we don't realize how we're coming across.
0: Well, you mentioned it like before, you know, we have this cliche, right? Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes without realizing it, because of the conditioning we've had in society, we go into mm-hmm. a situation where we know we're going to bring something to those in need. And we take that approach. And I mean, like I said, sometimes without even realizing it,
1: you know, here's. Um, I'm talking about Jean Vanier a lot because he's one of the most brilliant people I think I've ever read books by and heard speak And he he has a, a line which really gets me he says to love someone is not first of all to do things for them but to reveal to them their beauty and value to say to them through our attitude you are beautiful you are important I trust you you can trust yourself We all know well that we can do things for others and in the process, crush them, Mm -hmm. making them feel they're incapable of doing things by themselves. But he says to love someone is to reveal to them their capacities for life, the light that is shining in them. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I could process that for the rest of my life. Like I have to live that. That is what love looks like. That's what wooing others looks like. That's what Jesus did for us. It's like we were such a mess and he could have just been you good for nothing rotten, shape up or ship out, do what I say or else he didn't do any of that. He came and laid down his life Mm -hmm. to say, you're worth it. You're amazing. You can do this thing. You feel weak, but I see you as strong. Mm -hmm. I've been, have you heard that, that song? I didn't even, you know, I'm not with the latest contemporary Christian music or worship, but my buddy David Mora sent me this song. You probably know it, I guess. Um, a lot of it's a famous song, I guess. Um, it's by Laura Daigle.
0: Oh, Lauren Daigle?
1: Lauren Daigle, that's it. Yeah. And it's called um, um, You Say. I don't know if you heard, th- I do know the song. Okay, yes. first of all, her voice is stinking amazing. One of the most amazing <laughs> voices I've ever heard in my life, like kind of like Adele. Um, but the words of that song are so powerful because yeah. she's like, you know, you know, when I, when I feel weak, when I or feel whatever, this way, this is what you she say, says, you yeah. say I am strong. Yeah. That's my true reality. I feel weak, but your, your truth, which oh, supersedes my reality that I'm a big mess and I'm no good and I'm weak. He's like, no, you say I'm strong. And I'm like, he's. it's prophetic. It's speaking his reality into our life. And when I, I was listening to that song this morning, worshiping to it, and I was like, oh boy. I was like, so true, God. I feel like nothing or weak, and but you see something in me I don't even see in
0: myself. Wow. Right? That's, thank thank that's, God he sees it, right? <laughs> thank God is right. Yeah.
1: It's transformational.
0: Yeah. That's like what you know, it, it does kind of go back to, again, to that idea of wooing, right? Yeah. Isn't it crazy to think that he he woos us, you know? Like from this place of dire need, you know, from our brokenness, from our sin, from all of our filth, like he woos us and the price that was paid literally is the price of his life. I mean, isn't that crazy that he paid that price for mm-hmm. us? Like, so that is our value, mm. Right. I think Todd White said um, in the, he was saying in, in one of that, yeah, <laughs> in that, that video, video right? He was saying, video. like, what if the price yeah. or what if your value is determined by the price that was paid for you? Yeah. Wow.
1: That was like, yeah, that was a good line. That's a powerful statement. It is a really powerful statement. Yeah. And the thing is, it transforms me. Yeah. When I'm like, wow, you think I'm worth that much and I need to go tell somebody else. I just have to, if I, if he's given me that gift, I better go give it away to some share the, 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 the wealth he's given me. That, that gift is so amazing. Right now I've got to take up my cross and follow him. Yeah, Cause that to. gift
0: is too great to be contained by any. Yeah. I can't keep it to myself. It's yeah. just too good. Yeah.
1: I I think we ought to end on this, that idea. <laughs> Cause it's, it's so good. It's powerful.
0: It's so transformative. It it still keeps going.
1: It's not like it happened once 10 years ago and it was great. No, no. He keeps wooing you and me every day and all the rest of us. And he still keeps speaking that, that reality. You're worth me paying that price. Even though you keep messing up, you keep blowing it. Don't worry. I'm on your side. I'm for you. I'm not against you. You know, all that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really like, um, it's key to the work that he is doing in us, right? Yeah. He promises that he's going to continue to do that work in us even unto the end of the age, as the, as the scripture says. Yeah. You know? And so that's, yeah.
1: Oh, man, this is good. i I'm Good so, stuff. I'm so glad he's wooing us still to this day. And um,
0: I'm just. Yeah, where would we be if he didn't pursue us, right?
1: Scary thought, honestly. Yeah. Where would you be and I be if we didn't know Jesus today?
0: Yeah. I can think of some things, and none of know, them are good. Knowing my tendencies, and it's not uh, good. Uh, no. I can
1: think of so many disasters, yeah. so much s- self self destruction that I would have yeah. encountered. You said it so well, Jesus.
0: though. You're like, I can't keep that to myself. That's exactly why we go out, right? Yeah. It's why we do this for for yeah. our friends. They're like, they need to know that they're valued, that they're honored. Well that's yeah, our motto, locked. right?
1: These things we do. These things we that do. Others may
0: that others live. may live, that's right.
1: That's that's the real deal. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this episode with me. This is a good one. This may be our best one yet. You're I said that out. another time, but <laughs> this one might be even better.
0: Just keeps getting better and better. Just keeps getting
1: better. And it's free.
0: And it's free. Yeah, it's free. I so. mean, now that I know that, you know.
1: It's like, whoa. Right. What, I had no idea it was free. There's no
0: better price <laughs> than free.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is cool, man. I, I love getting to hang with you and talk about stuff that re- really matters. It's just pretty cool. Absolutely. To have a friend that un- that can kind of go there with me, you know? Same. Some people, some friendships, Thanks, it's just like, yeah. all you can do is talk sports. <laughs> and I don't like sports, so that's not going to work.
0: I don't talk sports very well. Right. Yeah. And
1: there's other things I can talk sports about. Sports are great. but yeah, They're great. Well, yeah. not really. But <laughs> for some people, I just watched the Super Bowl last night boring terrible game
0: very anticlimactic yeah uh, it was it really was
1: it was it was a bummer but uh who cares you know uh i'm glad that you know we can hang out and we can nerd out on stuff we like like music and skateboarding and Chewbacca stand-ups and star wars i love that i mean no doubt you gave me a star wars cup for christmas uh had a stormtrooper on it i mean i'm like that's a true friend right there yeah You you know my love language. There's love right there. We got back to love languages right there. Do you see that? What's my love language? Star Wars Yeah. (laughs) in a
0: nutshell. (laughs) And you like ceramic mugs too. When you drink your coffee, you don't like it from a paper cup. I don't. Or Styrofoam. (laughs) No, I want a quality
1: Star Wars mug. That's right. My son got me a mug. You deserve it. My son got me a coffee mug that says World's Greatest Boss on it. (laughs) (laughs) Because we love watching The Office. And, oh nice! And he bought himself that mug, <laughs> the boss, <Yeah. laughs> Michael Scott, and that really made me laugh when he gave me that cup. I was like, "Oh, that's too much."
0: I think that show is probably so great that it's second only to our podcast, really. Yeah, I, yeah. I
1: and except you know you probably have to pay to watch that on Netflix. That's
0: that's true. There's a there's a fee, a monthly fee, right? Yeah. It's not
1: free like our podcast, so. right? Yeah, you know, you get what you pay for, though, too. So if you think of it that way,
0: um, let me get that's out my not calculator. A, that's not a good can... thing.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe we should charge people.
0: Yeah, we might. I think a fee structure might be somewhere in the future of this. Okay. That we should, we you know, should, maybe uh, not maybe probably not, hire an expert, maybe not
1: money. Things that really matter. If like find one Star Wars action figures, something, something yeah. like that or coffee mugs.
0: Oh yeah. That's great. We could
1: throw that out there. Like, Hey, if you yeah. like Craig and Juan. um,
0: Send us your old nineteen seventy eight Luke know, Skywalker with the yeah, your old action figures. Sliding lightsaber. Yeah. Right. We will recycle that plastic. Uh,
1: we'll value that. Yeah. And and we will we'll accept it as reno- remuneration.
0: Yeah. For, Remu- for remuneration. the services yeah. that we
1: have provided for you. Right. Free of charge. That word is a mouthful. But we don't mind a tip of a you know, a, a nice coffee mug. Yeah.
0: Some sort of fan based paraphernalia. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, I like that. I, I think like that's presents. Great. Yeah. I Did like you know th- presence is one of the love languages, like gifts?
0: That is, gifts is one of the like.
1: And I didn't even read the book. I, I'm just, yep. I'm just f- spitballing here. I know that though.
0: I think one of mine. I think my top one yeah. actually is quality time, which is exactly what we're doing right oh, here. Oh, really? The quality so I, time. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, more about the gifts. I'm feeling. I'm so more loved materialistic. Right now.
1: I'm more about the presence. Well,
0: mine is mine. One of mine is gifts, but it's okay. a little lower in number. It's a little lower. So, okay. I mean, but you I'm, do like gifts. Oh, I feel you there. Yeah. Okay. So please, please don't let the fact that. Quality time for me is more important. To discourage any of you from sending yes any gifts our way.
1: Yeah, because yeah. we don't want you to feel like you're getting what you're paid for, and you're paying nothing, and you get nothing. It's not worth anything.
0: Right. So give us something. So pay something. Yeah, something. Right. Maybe go on because iTunes and write better. a review,
1: and just say something nice about us, whether you like us or not. Or That's like the podcast. One. You just, know what?
0: Words of affirmation is also a love language. Oh my
1: gosh. We ought, we ought to be doing the five love languages podcast. Cause I think we would do it better than whoever else wrote the book.
0: Right. There's like 500 people that have done it, but we would do it. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> we would do it better. <laughs> I mean, you can, another. All, you can already tell just right now by this conversation. Why don't we
1: just start our own love of, language book and be like, you know, it's not those for me. It's star Wars. Paraphernalia. It's low <laughs> love language. It's coffee. That's number two.
0: That would be like the sixth. I think the sixth thing. Yeah. Right?
1: I have to think more about what else is my love languages now. Cause I only have two items. I need at least three more to make five. That's, I don't know why that's the perfect number, but yeah, you got any more love languages, things that you would appreciate.
0: Mine is like, uh, well, I'm, affection is one of mine but i'm not suggesting no, we can't use that one it's yeah. already in the other book yeah I...
1: you have to come up with another one
0: oh i see okay yeah. i get it see what I'm yeah no i like the star wars one i think that if we unanimously agree that star wars paraphernalia could be a love language yes that that should probably go into the list
1: i think i just came up with another one because my buddy mark Reitzma he invited me over to record in the studio with him and That's jam awesome. and play bass and i was like oh that's my love language. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's my number 3. Boom. I'm man this book is going to be a bestseller. I can feel it. <laughs> Please don't sue me, original author of five love languages because this is the five not the five I'll have to change the title obviously. Yeah. Cuz I don't that would probably be infringing upon their intellectual property, right?
0: We could probably like send some royalties that way, you know, especially since we're going to uh, have all this stuff coming in.
1: Yeah. If they wouldn't mind getting, you know, we'd have to pay them action figures. In. And, right. And coffee products.
0: Action figures. Maybe coffee guitar mugs. picks. Yeah. Guitar picks. You know, I think that probably if there were some royalties distributed, that there could be a reasonable accommodation arrived at. That sounds that fair to me. I know. It, it sounds, sounds fair to, to me. me. And then with all that, there can be the sequel, right? The sequel to, so you know, five love languages, part yeah. two. Part two, additional un- languages, un- you need to speak. What do they call yeah. it? It's un- additional, unconditional?
1: No, it's well. like un. Like it's not authorized. Unauthorized. Unauthorized. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a bootleg. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> we'll see how much money we can make off of or action figures off of someone else's great idea. Okay. All right. Well, this is probably enough. Uh, we're going on and on. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to keep thinking about those other two love languages. you got to right. come up with some more too. so right. you can you can steal my Star Wars one. you don't know I let need you have it, that one:
0: I'm gonna go get some more coffee and I, I'm sure that after I have a little bit more coffee, yeah, the creative wheels are turning. Yes you know it's a, that's a good time we'll to really search it. search our hearts. we could figure this out.: Yes. I'm going solve this riddle.
1: All right, so. Uh, next time, our next podcast, chapter six. So get ready. We have Coffee. two more chapters. Only two more chapters left, and the Coffee. podcast
0: is over. Coffee could be that love marriage.
1: Oh, nah. anyway. Well, I hope I hope whoever's listening, you like the podcast. I hope you buy the book, um, and it helps you grow and be provoked. You know, to follow God and have your have a better life, serving others, loving others, all that stuff. Because right. that's what life's about. We're gonna. That's the way we or, you know, when, when it's all said and done, we're going to be measured by love. Did we really love people? Do yeah. we really give our all, you know? Um, and, um, it's no guilt. It's just inspiration. Like Jesus loves us, love other people. It's great. It's a great life. That's the life for us, you know? So, yeah. um, I hope you enjoyed the next couple chapters and, um, I'll see you next time, Craig. It's been yeah. real.
0: Yes, it has <laughs> until next time.
1: See you then. I'll see you there or in the air.
0: (laughs) That was cheesy. Good night.
1: Bye. Bye.